Boric Grimes, are you well? I'm good. I'm good. I feel like we've almost stumbled upon a, a daily podcast here because we were two days late last week and we're about five days early for, for this week's one. So if anything ridiculous happens over the weekend and we don't touch upon it, the reason is because this is actually Friday the 24th of June. <laughs> we're time travelers coming to you from the past. <laughs> recording ahead of time because I am jetting off to France in the morning, hopefully, if the French air traffic controllers behave themselves and don't strike in my region that I'm heading to. So we're going to get ahead of the ball. Consistency, like we talked about last week, we're going to keep this thing consistent, keep it rolling forward. So today's topic, we're having a bit of a yarn after yesterday, well, sorry, last week's podcast, and we're just chatting about the the evolution of personal beliefs, I suppose. Well, what were you I said... Conversation. I uh, I said to you because I knew we were going to record this ahead of the weekend. Why don't we put our our necks on the line and chat about who we thought was going to win the All Ireland quarterfinals? And you just said, "Well, I have I don't even know who's playing. I don't care." So then, from there, I thought it would be interesting to explore how something that was an absolute cornerstone of your life, your identity, who you were, Gaelic football now is just background noise and how that happens and then just then we pull that out till till a larger the larger spectrum as to how something can be so important at one point in your life and totally meaningless at another stage like i was out in the knock i was out in the football pitch earlier on there it's Nakmani cup day now Nakmani the Nakmani cup is a legendary primary schools football competition um and whenever you're 11 years old, like that is the pinnacle of your school career. Like I know boys who are our age who will still talk about winning the Nakmani Cup. It was just, it was defining their whole childhood, you know. And they're, and they're still talking about it in their late 20s. <laughs> late 20s, that's right. I. <laughs> <laughs> but like, so you subtract 25 years and your belief is that the Nakmani Cup is the most important thing in the world now add one year to those guys and they go into big school and quickly the importance and the relevance of the Nakmani Cup is replaced by teenage hormones and and the the sort of steps toward adulthood so it's just it's funny how Beliefs can change, evolve, and how quickly something that was important can seem not important. So, I suppose the journey of that for you. I absolutely. It's like I know what you mean because you were asking me about the football, and i I would have followed um, I would have followed county football a lot closer when I did play myself. I never played county, just for to clarify things. Um, it was I played for Greencastle my whole life, and whenever I stopped playing, so whenever I became a retired footballer. Um, your interest for me, anyway, I'm speaking personally, my interest waned gradually until it sort of it, it petered out now till I, I follow Tyrone loosely. I follow Greencastle still avidly. Um, and I think to me, it'll come back to a bit of identity. I suppose we talked about this in a previous podcast. Um, for my whole life, I Greencastle and football and Greencastle Parish is is part of my identity. I, even though I live in Oma now, I still see myself as a Greencastle man. Uh, I still follow Greencastle very closely. I still, whenever they win, it makes me happy. Whenever they lose, it makes me sad. 
Um, those feelings were just magnified by about a thousand whenever you were actually in it. So I don't know what the broad um, section of people are that listen to this podcast, but if you play the team sport, if you've ever played a team sport in your life and you've been about a panel of, of men or women that you spent upwards of 20 years playing alongside since you were no age up until senior level, it's much, much more than just a game of football or a thing that you do at the weekends. It's a like a brotherhood or a sisterhood or a bond that, I, again, speaking personally, I grew up without uh, brothers or sisters, so I didn't really have that bond of brothers and sisters, And but I felt like I had that when I was part of a, a, t- a panel of players that, again, we grew up together, we, we played in school, we were all obviously the same age group. Whenever you get into the senior panel, obviously there's different age groups there, but the core of it was the guys you grew up with. And my identity was Greencastle, Greencastle player. The only thing that meant anything to me in terms of sporting life or, or physical achievement was earning that jersey and having that jersey each week and trying to fight my corner and, and make sure that I kept that position on the team. When you lost it, it broke your heart. When you got it back again, it was you were 10 foot tall. So that was the belief that that whole you know importance of looking after yourself and performing and, and everything that you sort of, a lot of the decisions you made probably were weighed by the belief that you it was important for you to represent Greencastle and I'm sure there'll be people listening and it'll resonate with that. So then you hung up the boots and that, where, where, what was the evolution of where you, because you just, you didn't, you couldn't believe that anymore because you'd taken yourself out of that environment. So what replaced it? For me, it, it got to a stage where work was getting busy and we were having children and, the belief that football was the be all and end all of my life started to started to shrink because there were other things coming to the fore that I knew had to had to take precedence. You can't you can't be out of the house two three nights a week, um, and I was out of the out of the house anyway with with work. You know yourself. Sometimes this job is unsociable hours. It's nobody wants to train during the day. Everybody wants to train in the evenings in the morning. So I was out of the house already a couple of evenings working and then to take another couple of evenings going to football and then on a Sunday taking up a good half of your day. The belief just wasn't there that I could sacrifice as much of myself and as my of my time because I needed to put my time and, and my my best self elsewhere, which was my family and my work. So it just came to a point where that the two beliefs couldn't live, couldn't co- coexist. There wasn't enough of me. There wasn't enough time. There wasn't, if I had worked at another, if I had worked nine to five, I probably could have kept the two of them running alongside each other fairly smoothly because I would have been only out to the house two evenings a week. But I physically couldn't have done it, and mentally I couldn't have done it because I needed to be at home more. I needed to be the father that I wanted to be. So my belief shifted from a man who wanted to be the best I could be for my teammates and my my team to wanting to be the best I could be for my family and my wife and my children. Um, and unfortunately for me, just with my work schedule, I couldn't let the couldn't the two couldn't live side by side. Now I don't know what age I was. I was thirty two, thirty three when I stopped playing. I could have played on for another few years and looked after myself and played away if I had I had a nine to five, but I didn't. So one thing had to go, and unfortunately, it had to be the football. I couldn't get rid of it. As the candles gather on the on the birthday cake, though, it's it's standard, though. Uh, you know, and a part of that's probably as you get older, you get a bit 
wiser or your just how you see the world and what it has to offer changes ever so slightly. And it's the case of the more you know, the more you realize, the less you know. Because in terms of beliefs and things, you're coming out, and us too as young coaches coming into that industry, believing that you knew everything, you had an answer for everything. And I think one of the interesting one of the interesting angles that we could look at here in terms of beliefs, and this can be applied to anywhere, like we've said about believing how important sport is in your life, but more so even broader things like um, just how you view how people should act and how things should happen is who who do you believe? How do you work out who to believe? Because again, our, our comfort zone here is talking about fitness and, and sort of personal development and that is an area where there is an abundance of information and an abundance of misinformation so there are people who will be listening who are interested in self-development in personal betterment and wanting to know why should I not even us why should listen to us God knows why you should listen to us <laughs> but be up, like who how do you decide who's worth taking heed of because there's so many so many wide and varying and extreme points of view who could really influence those beliefs where do you start to filter out the bullshit i think that's having your bullshit filter on for a start is a great thing um because i think we're very very quick to we read something or we see something on the internet or we hear it on on the radio or something and we th- we're very quick to believe things just because it's been pumped into our minds or in f- put in front of us or displayed in front of us so even just having a bullshit filter in the first place and having a wee bit of self-awareness to know that okay i need to maybe adapt and a wee bit of critical thinking here so i'm not just going to believe everything i see and maybe i'm going to go and research opposing points of view as well we live in a we live in a world where our social media feeds, even our Google searches are curated to constantly back up the things that we already believe. So we're living in slight echo chambers. So you'll have to go out of your way to search out alternative points of view and, and weed out the bullshit. It takes the a bit of effort that. It does. And it's not, it's not going to be most people. Most people are just going to go and say, yeah, I, I already sort of have thought that. And that boy says, <laughs> and so there you go. I must be right. Um, Ultimately, again, I think it comes back to knowing what 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 are you looking on the outset? Are you just looking someone to confirm what you already believe? Or are you actually looking to get to the root of the matter? And what is it that you're looking to find out? So if you're looking credible information, ask people who you, who you find to be believable. Like you're going to scroll down Instagram or Facebook every day and see nonsense. And I, I, I'm cautious of sounding like a grumpy old man about social media, uh, but there's a lot that, of that ship has sailed. <laughs> I know that. And you're the captain of it. <laughs> a captain of that ship. But you're going to see a lot of nonsense. So just knowing that, take it all with a pinch of salt. Search out some reputable people, some reputable, like it's probably not going to be the guy with his shirt off. Um, he's probably he's probably down there about there and his lovely smile and his lovely shirt off. But he might not be the man who knows the most about your nutrition or your, your training. Um, you suggest he might have an unhealthy relationship with food and he potentially has got 
this outstanding shape without developing the empathy for the common common person's struggles? I'm saying he might know his stuff. He just might know he might not know your stuff. So yeah. he might not, he might know how to get himself into great shape, but he might not know the the situation that you're in. I'm just saying that when you go out there and you look at what's out there, just know that not everyone is acting with your best interests at heart. A lot of them are trying to sell you something. A lot of them are trying to just get you to part with your hard earned. So just go out there with your bullshit filter on and, and do a wee bit of research. Like why, like I, I like to put everybody through a filter. Why the believability factor for me, I think it's Ray Dalio or someone talks about the, the, the believability. Like how believable is this person? So is, is this, is this person a respectable opinion? Have they got any credentials behind them? Have they got any proof of success? Have they got any uh, reviews? And do a bit of work. Don't just take the first thing that falls into your lap for as gospel. Um, you're, if you're going to make decisions, especially if you're going to make decisions in your life based off the information that you find somewhere, do your due diligence and know that not everybody is out there just with your best interests at heart. You should have your best interests at heart, so you should be doing your homework. Do you think you have slightly off slight segue here but do you think you've always had a an open growth mindset because suppose the evolution and development of your own beliefs will be probably quite intertwined with if you have that growth mindset because if you have a closed set mindset your beliefs might not actually change and just as you were speaking there it sort of occurred to me that uh, there was probably a period where my own personal beliefs stagnated for a, a while because I fell into that sort of trap of thinking uh, I do know it all now. I've made it. I'm 22. I know the world like the back of my hand. And then it was that period where I experienced a different sort of view of the world and went traveling and met new people and got myself out of my comfort zone and it really opened my eyes to having a more holistic and growth mindset oriented approach and then my values evolved as i got older but i don't know if that would have happened if it didn't go away it might have it might have just with years and you know time every day going by but i felt that accelerated it certainly because you were forced into positions that you otherwise wouldn't and you couldn't you could you wouldn't survive with a cl- closed mindset and if you'd stuck to those rigid beliefs that you'd thought about then you would have just you'd have had a go home with a tail between the legs really do you do you think there's any catalyst that you can think or a trigger point where you or maybe you're you're probably you more open-minded again than me i'd say so maybe you are always quite growth mindset oriented no i think i i've always had a fairly chipper attitude whenever it came to my well if, if we go back to belief if the, so the whole topic that we we're talking about beliefs and how they change my ultimate belief is that human beings are are they're capable of doing some amazing and wonderful and beautiful things and as i get older i i, I realize that the main purpose of my life and the main purpose of life for me is to create greater human connection and to have better connections it's it's the number one reason i was so keen to do this podcast is because you've been saying that for a while now though you've, you've sort of settled on that for a little while that the, is that connection that is driving absolutely. you absolutely like, and I, I it's it's just as i get older though I, 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 I suppose i thought i always thought it was about making an impact for me and i wanted to reach as many people as possible to help as many people as possible i'm quite happy helping less people if i can help them better 
and have a real connection with them and have a, a meaningful bond and a meaningful connection. So to, to me, the, the gift that this, the role that we do, that we play in people's eyes, the gift that it has given me back is having those connections with people on a one-to-one basis and a face-to-face conversation and hearing the stories that people go through and sharing moments that you would never be privy to in another, uh, in another role or another job and seeing the fortitude that the human spirit has to, to come through some absolutely horrendous and horrible things and things that people have been through and that you've been through yourself. And, and it just, sometimes you have to step back and take a big breath and say, people are amazing. Like people are absolutely amazing. And it, it, it doesn't shock me. It, and it doesn't surprise me. It does surprise me sometimes to hear what people have been through, to see that they're still standing and they're still going and they still have put one foot in front of the other and they still get the kids up for school in the morning. They still go on and they're still pushing to better themselves. So ultimately, that's my belief is that people are capable of amazing things. And if we just allow ourselves the, the space and the grace to get going and to not be perfect, and just accept that imperfection and keep moving forward and keep reassessing where are we at in our way, where we want to be. And, and am I, am I being kind enough to myself to let myself get to where I want to go? And am I doing enough to try and achieve that? I think we can do absolutely anything we set our minds to. It's just that sometimes that we maybe fall down the, the, the rabbit hole of believing the wrong people and listening to the wrong voices and listening to the wrong messages and doubting ourselves and lack in self-belief so that we, 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 we play it small and we stay inside this wee cage and we stay inside it and say this wee shell and we, we don't venture out of it. And that damages so much more people than anything ever will. It's, it's that self-doubt. It's a rot in your head. It just won't, it, it, it won't ever be a thing that serves you. So the sooner you start to tackle it, the sooner you can start to make some progress on it. And if you had to come to me when I started personal training and if I had heard myself saying all of that stuff, I would have looked at myself at the corner of my eye and said, are you well, sir? What's, what's, what's going on with you? Just get out there and give people do burpees and, and tell them to eat protein. Like, I thought that's what it was all about. I thought that just could solve everybody's problems, but it's so much more than that. It's, it's connection and, and just standing up to your own capabilities and, and stepping up to the plate. Yeah, it's nuanced. It's layered. And it's a funny one too, because I think we I think we've mentioned it on the podcast, and if not, we've definitely talked about it before amongst ourselves, that people dislike having their own beliefs disproved, and they'll go out of their way to make up a reason why, even though the facts would show you that their beliefs are wrong, that they'll somehow try and justify it. And you can see that on a on a larger geopolitical scale, and we'll definitely not get, get into that today or tomorrow. Yeah. But... It's, um, you know, people who are very far one way or the other, extremists, and, you know, they can justify anything, but even though they're, they're very much wrong and in the wrong, they can still tell themselves a story that whatever cause they're supporting is right. So beliefs, your, it's a funny your, one. Your, your beliefs will literally shape the rest of your life. So your if behaviors you, and your actions and so the whole if you lot. Don't pay attention to them. You're you're absolutely missing out on a whole side of your life that is it's basically just going on autopilot. So if you're not paying attention to the things that you believe, uh, then you're not going to be able to dictate your behaviors and then your actions. Like it's a whole cascade. 
So starting out with starting to question that inner narrative and saying, what are my beliefs? What are the things that I'm saying in my head? Are they true? Have I got any proof? Where did I get that notion? How did I pick that up? Who did I learn that from? Um, and to me, belief to talk about belief and not to talk about self-belief would be criminal. Like, so people just having a bit more self-belief and saying to themselves, you know what? The worst thing that could happen is I could maybe fail. I'm sure what happens when you fail, you learn and you pick yourself up and you move on and you may course correct and go a different direction or you may forge on with the new information and, and get there. But you'll never know until you try it. So believing in yourself is that number one uh, faculty that you'll need. I think that we've developed a fantastic skill of consciously or subconsciously moving into the questions which we ask each other. <laughs> so your uh, that self belief goes goes well into my question to just for for the own answer of my own question. What do you feel is a misconception people have about you? It's a good question, though. That is a good one, I mm. Googled, Googled it. Yeah, you know what? I got mine off Google. I'm wondering, did you get this off Reddit? No, I didn't. No, I got no. my question off Reddit. And I think I seen your question too. Somewhere. That's a good question. Just because whenever you say, whenever you're on about uh, self belief, a huge misconception people have of me, and it's not really like, I don't know if this is a misconception, and I don't really know how to articulate it right, which is. You know, considering my uh, have a good good grasp of language, your verbose nature. I uh, people enjoy seeing me beat, <laughs> okay. and you're laughing because you like seeing me beat. People like seeing you taking down a peg or two. That's what you mean. Oh, but I don't know why. I don't know why. It's a, I feel like it's a misconception that I that I need beat or something. <laughs> <laughs> Physically like we, on, uh, on okay. an anything on anything like any sort of competition that I am involved in, I'm not even a bad loser, uh, you know, uh, or I'm a gracious winner as well. But <laughs> everybody always wants to see me beat. You know what it is, and I don't like. I don't like seeing you beat. I, I honestly, I, I, I don't know where you got that from. I was very supportive when you get your ass handed to you in the <laughs> but, <laughs> but um. You're confident. People that jars people that 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 makes them feel uncomfortable because not they don't feel confident uh, all the time, and you you exude confidence. Um, and people don't all pe- people aren't always able to define or like see the line between confidence and cockiness. And if they can't see the difference, then you're going to come across as both at the same time. But there's nothing wrong with confidence. Um, even stuff that I'm not very good at, people like seeing me beat at it, and I'm thinking like. This, this isn't the big victory that they have had over me. Like it shouldn't. You, that isn't worth celebrating. Why are you so happy that I am? I am beat here. I can tell that this is this is really a, a, a theme in your life. Do you want to name and shame a few people here? Like, do you want no, to... I will not drop them on it. I'll not. Will not give them the spotlight which they crave. Honestly, one of the misconceptions people probably have about me is that I'm an extrovert and that I like being out and about among people all the time. I crave human connection but i crave it on my terms <laughs> i crave it when i want i like i i've i'm very introverted i if you ask my wife um shannon she'll tell you like i, I oftentimes don't like talking to other people at all I, if we could go into a room and i could fade into the background that would be wonderful but because people maybe have seen you on social media and um maybe i've been outspoken on social media sometimes and, and a lot 
they assume that that's your nature all the time. But I only say things when I have something to say. I don't always have something to say. And I do like I do like my own company a lot. I like to read. I like I don't like quiet, but I like the, I like the pleasure of my own company. So I'm not. I'm, I would say if I was split it over a hundred percent, I would say I'd be seventy percent introverted and thirty percent extrovert. Um, extrovert. I have no problem getting up and speaking in front of people and, and getting out into the crowd. And, and but that's not my most comfortable state. Um, I do enjoy more intimate settings and more. I think everybody's like that, though. I, but I think maybe people have that misconception that I'm an extrovert um, because I probably put that out there. Whenever I am out there, I'm out there. Like I'm, I'm balls out out there. Like I don't care. I, I, like, like this here, I don't mind this because it's me and you talking. I know there are going to be four or five people listening, but um, it doesn't bother me. Like I don't bother. It doesn't bother me getting up to speak. But I think people would assume that I am an extrovert as a result of that, and that's probably not true. Do you think there's anybody who's the other way, 70, 30 extrovert, that could hand on heart say that they would prefer to have a room of 15 people and, you know, chat to them at a 30% level as opposed to a room of, of, of three people and talk to them at a 70% level? Do you think there is people like that? I've met people like that. I've met people who just seem to thrive. But then you know, then that might be just that might be just them thriving in that situation, and then go home and not speak to their husband. That's it. Like, <laughs> you know, we we can both work a room if it was put to us. Yeah. But I would pref- I would I think I'm maybe somewhere in the middle. Like, but I would definitely prefer to sit and talk in a smaller group and have a proper conversation than just go about and have service level rubbish to numerous. And yeah. like, to me that. The extrovert is the performer, but you talk to any performers or you ever listen to, you know, comedians and, and front men, they're still, they're still like to have their own small circle of people around them. I don't know. Um, I think that extrovert and introvert, it's a label of behavior as opposed to maybe a, a classification of how they like to interact with the main people in their lives yeah i i, I would probably agree then I, I, if i was to pick something else it would probably be more about like sort of an, an emotional sort of thing like i'm a, i'm quite a big softy i like i like my emotions i like i like feeling them because i think it's something that we're not very good at as men in this country so i like i try to test myself i try to make myself feel my emotions in real time and uh, not like bottle them up and then have a nervous breakdown at some point, but <laughs> like, which I can wholeheartedly recommend, by the way. Um, but it's it's probably not what I look like whenever people see me. I probably don't look like I have, like I have a skinhead. Um, I'm often wearing gym gear, so they probably don't see me as someone who is very well good at expressing their emotions. But I'm that's something I'm working on on being better at. And again, just communicating feeling or communicating about your emotions. I, I like I think that's I think that's if if more people knew how to do that better we would have a lot less problems in the world if we if we knew how to talk about how we actually felt um, and have good... A, a good way of ensuring that your uh, your introverted nature of only really wanting to talk to a smaller number of people at any given time is to let everyone know that you want to talk about your emotions because that will scare off a good <laughs> 90% of the people. Why do you think I just announced it publicly? Don't yeah. come 
to me or I'm going to start talking about me crying or something. Or... <laughs> what about yeah. you? Are you, you? You reckon people think you're cocky then? Uh, well, I don't think that's, that's a, <laughs> that can't be a misconception because it's a projection of their thoughts about who I am. But uh, a misconception about me um, that uh, it's just, I just people I've been told a few times that geez, I thought that you're not you're not that bad of a lad, as if the thought I was a dick. <laughs> <laughs> kind of an evil genius or something. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you're 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 all right. Uh, so I'm gonna say something about somebody on the podcast with the hope that something that they hear this because this is quite a nice thing actually. Because you, I met Chrissy Devlin, uh, fellow personal trainer, uh, via yourself. We used to go up and train up in the Edge 1.0, and I remember trying to start journaling. This this is many moons ago now, and I remember I I actually read it back not that long ago, and our journal entry was. Uh, about meeting Chrissy Devlin and training with him for the first time and about how he went up in my estimation. Not that he had been down in my estimation, I just didn't know him. I'd only known him through seeing him on Facebook and then about uh, maybe seeing you guys training together and you haven't mentioned him. And then I met him and he just skyrocketed. And I haven't seen the lad in, in years now, but uh, I just it was it was weird when you're on about how you meet somebody and they, so they say you're not such a bad lad. I just, that sticks out for me. Is like I didn't have an opinion on Chrissy. But when I met him, his his stock just went through the roof for me. Chris, he's a good lad. and, and He's a good fella and he's a good trainer as well. Absolutely. I'll hold him in great esteem um, after training with him. And he's, he's it was just a lovely thing. It was, an, it was a thing that I was trying to start journaling at the time. I just remember that was a worthwhile thing writing down. Is Chrissy Devon's a good lad. He's a good <laughs> sound cub and he's a tank too. He's a brood. Well, that's, um, I'm, well nobody tag him. I will test him. See, is he a good lad? And listen is he to listening? Aye. Aye. Because then he'll go down in our estimations if he doesn't match just within the week. You're going to lose 50 stock points on that. <laughs> well, you're chatting about writing stuff down, writing about journals. Have you ever written a thank you note or a thank you letter or a thank you email to anyone who's ever created or helped to create something that you enjoy? So think about mm. something you enjoy. And have you ever reached out to them and just to say, you know what? Thank you for that because that was I, I really like that. I love that. I love what you do. I like I respect you. I love what everything about you what you're doing. Like someone who I don't know. Can be anybody. Can be I've, I've, I've thanked people who have um, attended workshops and had I've definitely I've I've went I've made a point of thanking people who have interacted with and enjoyed the experience of doing something with them. But I, I've never like I've never listened to an audiobook and thought that was fantastic. I must email Matthew Said here and tell him I love Rebel Ideas. You know, I've never done that. The reason being is because it would feel as if it was a, they're not going to, it's just falling on deaf ears, you know. They're never going to, that would be my thought process of this this book or this show or whatever, sure, how many people is probably telling them how much they love it. So what's what value is me telling them that, that I thought it was very good too? Yes, you feel probably like a poor, probably a poor reason. You just feel like you're going to be howling into the void, just yeah. Well, here the second part of that question because I wasn't sure if you're going to say yes or not was if not, would you? Who would you write to, and what would you thank them for? So off the top of your head now, if you were to sit down and write a thank you email to someone based on something that previously that you've consumed of theirs, either a book, a podcast, an audiobook, uh, a seminar, or basically just content that you've consumed, 
who do you think you would reach out to and what would you thank them for? Well, like, so I've been on different mentorship programs and I have a coach and also, well, not even, I have thanked them. So probably the, the author who, whose books I absorbed the most and just inhaled over the course of a couple of years, whenever I really got into reading and self-development is Malcolm Gladwell. Yep. I've read a lot of his books and they're just, they all really blew my mind. Just these fantastic storyteller and this on the very engaging interest and content. So I just, I'd be telling him, thank you for creating a, a subset of, of stories that it all, it's, everything's generally to make you believe in yourself that if you put the work in, and you're clear on what that work is and where you want to go with it, there's a fair chance you can get there. You know, so Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. If anybody is stuck for a book to read, that's that's generally the first one I'll point any toward because it just it really it really did. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was the same one I said it, but the, a lot of his they're all quite similar in yeah. in their their sort of theme. Stay in here. Well, I, I I'm the opposite to yourself i've emailed and uh, written facebook messages to dozens of people uh, i i i feel like i like the act of doing and I, again i've had i've had replies from staffers like i've no illusion that seth godin or simon sinek or even tommy tiernan is going to be messaging me or emailing me back but i feel like the act of thanking them is uh cathartic for you because you're expressing gratitude for something that you consumed and you enjoyed. So I would recommend it. Pen that email to Malcolm Gladwell. I think you'll feel better for doing it. And I would recommend any of the listeners to, if you are consuming any content, but this isn't a cleave to message us, by the way. <laughs> I just, when I started talking, it's like, do I sound like I'm looking people to message me? It's not. If you read a book lately, or if you've listened to a podcast or went to a seminar or anything at all consumed any content that you enjoyed reach out and tell them that thing because if it's not one of the bigger guys if it's one of the smaller guys that's going to make their day i used to love getting messages for whenever i wrote the wednesday words of wisdom telling me that people had read them and enjoyed them and, and it made some kind of a difference it's lovely to pass on that sentiment and it's lovely to know that people who are doing good work are getting recognition for it and it's it's a nice feeling for you to thank them too it feels good it's like a gift you're giving them we did talk a couple of weeks back about gratitude, and I did say something that's not really on my radar. So there's proof. <laughs> that's, this is a shit that's, question. Then, was uh, it? it really, it really isn't on my radar. So I must start being a bit more uh, thankful to everybody. It feels good. Well, yeah, I'm going to go and write a wee email and thank you for this conversation because it's been totes emotion, as the kids would say. Yes, um, and <laughs> I'm not even going to dignify that with a response. We'll uh, we'll see you on the other side of France. Hopefully, you get away. Bonjour, uh, c'est vous play. I don't know any French. I'm, I'm just I'm like Joey. Croissant. Croissant. Yes. Now we're talking. Get I it do. In. I do. I think that's goodbye. Or au revoir. Au revoir. There we go. Au revoir. Good luck.